Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. Tony will have a conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the newest, hottest, and best trends from all walks of life. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. Thanks for joining in with us. Today, we're going to talk about what probably were your favorite words to hear from your employer, if you ever worked for anyone, that is. Or perhaps these words made your day way back when, when a parent, a teacher, or a friend would say them to you because you accomplished something good, or actually very good. These words we love to hear are, well done. You know, it used to make my day in corporate America when the boss or the big boss would say those words to me in regards to something that I accomplished. It gave me a spiritual lift. It it actually made me work harder. Well, we're going to share some key business principles that can help any leader grow their business. We're going to talk about business well done with Ken Gosnell. And later in this episode, we have an insider's brief about growing future-focused businesses, unlocking people, teams, and culture to unlock transformative results. Stay tuned for that later in this episode. And also, please listen for news from our sponsor, Factor Meals, with a special offer for you, a very special offer. Factor Meals provides the best healthy lunches and dinners for you. So delicious. I've enjoyed them thoroughly, and I want to introduce you to something great. This show is available because of them, so please take note and hear what they have to say. That's Factor Meals with a special offer just for you later on in this episode. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get really successful, very successful at growing your business to a high sustainable level. And we're going to help turn you into an elite entrepreneur. Meet Ken Gosnell. Check this out. He's failed multiple times and he's learned important lessons from that. Once he lost all his money and learned how to restart and rebuild. And the people closest to him once rejected him completely. And through that, he learned to succeed. Perhaps some of that sounds familiar. Well, today, Ken runs successful retreats and he's a writer for Entrepreneur, Forbes, and Business.com. Get ready to make some notes. Let's get into it. Hi, Ken. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. Ken, we're all looking forward to learning more about business. Well done. And it's a very interesting topic. Let's see where this leads. I guess the best place to start is your backstory. How did it all start for you? Well, you've already mentioned some of it. Um, I, I went through a lot of different ups and downs in business and tried to do things what I thought was uh, my way or a smart way to do it. And I kept ended up uh, hitting my head against the wall a number of times and So finally, I woke up one day and realized that a lot of the answers that I was looking for came out of the Bible and came out of the roots that I'd experienced when I was a kid, some of the lessons that my father had taught me when I was growing up. And so I started to apply those uh, biblical principles, now I call them biblical business principles, to my life and found that not only I had succeeded, but also a lot of other great businesses that had followed those principles succeeded as well. And so um, I really tied it down to the parable of the talents in the Bible was well done was some of my favorite words, as you mentioned. And what I loved about that story and what I found for most faith, faith driven leaders is they desire to hear those words as well. Well done, good and faithful servant. And sometimes what I found or thought was that we want to hear those words at the end of our life. But it was kind of a light bulb moment or defining moment in my life and in my business. When all of a sudden I started to understand that well done was words that I could hear every day of my life and through all eternity by using some of the biblical business principles that I found throughout the Bible. That's very interesting. The Bible, this is uh, not the first time someone's mentioned that the Bible has helped them with their business and set up a whole modus operandi and, and, and a whole structure for a very successful business. So it's very interesting, very intriguing. We're going to swing back to that just a little bit. So this is how it started for you. And today, as I mentioned, you run retreats and you write for literally some of the most influential magazines out there. Let's talk about when you went out on your own as an entrepreneur and the vision that you were creating for yourself that 
created this very successful business model? Well, you know, God really did a, a pivot in my life and business. So for several years, I worked in um, with consulting with corporations from some of the lessons that I'd learned, a lot working with the CEOs or top level uh, C-suite uh, individuals. And I did that traveling around the country, really even traveling around the world to some of the businesses, some of the best businesses that were out there. And what I would started, I started to teach them some of these biblical business principles, but I didn't really uh, tell them that it came out of the Bible. They might recognize it after a while if we started talking and they were a Christian, but I was presenting it stri strictly as a business concept or a business idea. And so I was doing that for a number of years. And, and then finally, one day, God kind of tapped me on the shoulder and he said, um, and one of my prayer times and, and, and just praying about how I wanted to make an impact, how I wanted to live to well done in my life. And he really challenged me to work with uh, Christian business owners and CEOs to bring kingdom impact to their business and help them practice these principles, grow their business, probably substantially in many cases, but do so in a way that they would be impacting not only their lives and their communities, but the kingdom of God. And I call that, I call that kingdom impact. So that was a real pivot in my business. Um, my, I started to say, well, I wanted to bring together CEOs and business owners in a retreat day style where they could not only learn from the Bible and learn from me and learn from some of the best practices that I had experienced, but learn from one another. Uh, Proverbs teaches us that where there are many advisors, there's much success. And, and many times in business, when I was out there as a Christian, I felt isolated and alone. I, I, I could find business groups or I could find business men or women to partner with or be around, but I couldn't always find business people that had the same core values, that had the same faith perspective, that had the same desire and, and uh, vision that I had to, to do something for God's kingdom. And so that's really where uh, we took CEO experience about 15 years ago, that it was really a launch into working primarily with Christian business owners and, and CEOs to grow their business, but do so with a kingdom impact. And we do that through private retreats and, and uh, where we bring together 12 to 15 business leaders into a day uh, where they can, a day once a month, where they can get together with a, a group of peers that have core values similar to them, that we can look at biblical business principles, we can problem solve together, we can do some strategic planning uh, related to the next steps that they're taking in their life and their business. And then... Um, we can also build momentum through accountability and clarity. And then we also partnered with the CEOs to do what we call private individual private retreats. So they can have a little bit of executive coaching or some deeper levels of accountability. So we have a couple of them. We do team retreats as well. So we have a, a methodology of retreats of working with the CEOs, their teams, and then with them specifically and individually. And really we tried to follow the model of Jesus. I mean, this isn't a, you know, I, people look and say, hey, you know, it's really the more I've tried to study God's word and begin to apply that to my life and business. But, you know, Jesus was with his disciples. He was with his team. Jesus went into the synagogues and entertained and was with his peers. Right. And then he also had some private individual conversations that he had with the other believers and, and, and some people that he really, whether it was Nicodemus or whether it was Peter that he was able to go a little bit deeper in those conversations. And so that's kind of the, the um, motif that we use when we think about CEO experiences. These are the experiences that we want CEOs to have as they go through leading their business and leading their life at the highest level possible so that they can build their business with kingdom impact. To me, I look at it as a multi-level or tiered. Mm -hmm. And I think it's well-known. It's, it's a no-brainer. Just going after money by itself doesn't last, doesn't stick around. We've, we've run into that, some of us. We've tried it. Just by itself, it doesn't go anywhere. When you add a spiritual layer, when you add something else, helping people, feeding the homeless, in your case, uh, connecting more with God, it, it, it brings us to a higher level where, to me, it seems like the money isn't as important yet the money will flow, but we're working at a higher level. That's kind of like how I'm getting it. And I may be kind of stepping on the next question, and I'm not trying to lead you down any particular path. You're, you're the expert on this. 
but I just really like it. It sounds like you're working for a higher purpose. And again, I don't want to overstep the next question, but I did want to ask you, why are you doing this? What's the reason? It, it seems like there's, it's more than just making money. Absolutely. So uh, we have 12 what we call biblical business principles, and um, we believe those principles will lead us to well done and how we lead our lives in our businesses and uh, also impact the kingdom of God. And so, you know, as I thought first, you know, I really applied it to myself first. So I wanted to really grow a business that I thought would be built on a good biblical foundation or business foundation that could make an impact in, in the lives of those that I touched. That was really the desire that I had. I, I wanted to um, help others not have to go through the years of pain and suffering. And I, I really camped out on that Proverbs passage that said, were there many advisors? And I kind of came to the moment of recognizing that Jesus always led in groups, right? He always had, had dealt with groups. He built, built the church. He had his disciples. We had the tribes of Israel in the Old Testament. And I was leading alone. And uh, that, I mean, I loved people and I got along with people and, and all those kinds of things. But really to love people in, to see the inner side of what was going on and to have real conversations about what was going on in my spiritual life or my personal life or my business life, uh, there wasn't many people that got into there. And yet I realized that what I call it three levels of learning that, you know, there, a lot of people practice level one learning where that's learning by yourself. And then level two learning is where I say you learn with a mentor or you learn with a coach. But level three learning is when you learn with a group. And uh, and we've seen that uh, proven time and time again throughout uh History. So that really motivated me to say, you know, if I could help somebody, if I could help another business owner or CEO in, in a group setting, and maybe we could have it affirmed through other business owners that were there, if they could save 20 years of misery that I experienced because I could share something with them, uh, then I wanted to do that. That was a, that was that, that that motivated me. That excited me. That gave me a lot of passion. If I could save 20 years of my misery going forward, right? If I could, because it, you know I'm a peer around the table as well as well as our chief experience officers. But if, if because we're making decisions, we're still growing our business. We're still trying to impact the world. And if I can save 20 years of pain and misery, that's why I, part of our motto, our promise is we say learn faster to lead further. That if I can learn faster from somebody else, if I can learn in this group, um, then uh, probably I can go further than I could have ever gone on my own. And, and we have a little bit of a double take on that because we want you to uh, lead into eternity, which is furthest. Uh, after, you know, at the end of your life. Uh, but that was what really motivated me. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Business, well done, with Ken Gosnell. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Now that it's summer, like me, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for those sunny, active days, right? And with that, I want to introduce you to my favorite. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. It's going to help you stay on track reaching your goals. Now, if you're too busy with summer plans to cook, don't worry about it. With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and the cleaning up too. But, and this is really important, while still getting the flavor and the nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then go back outside and soak up the warm weather, just like I'm doing. Or perhaps you're looking for calorie-conscious options this summer? We got you on that. Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Or maybe you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals this summer. You can try the Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And you can also elevate eating at home with our new upscale Surf and Turf and Surf and Surf meal options like roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon. I love their salmon. 
At Factor, we offer delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu every week to fit a variety of lifestyles, from keto to calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus, all sorts of options. These meals are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. That's why each meal has all the ingredients that you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals each week. And perhaps you want to budget this month by cutting back on takeout? We got you on that. Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but these meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but these meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. You can't beat that. And rest assured, you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions to your door, source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in our meals. Amazing, right? This June, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com Tony50 and use code Tony50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code Tony50 at factormeals.com Tony50 to get 50% off your first box. That's F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash T-O-N-Y, the number five, the number zero. Order that now and enjoy the rest of your day. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com. Now, back to The Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Business Well Done with Ken Gosnell. And just a quick thank you that I sincerely appreciate you listening to my weekly shows with today's elite entrepreneurs. And if you like this show, please go to Apple Podcasts and give a cool review. Look up The Tony D'Urso Show and drop a kind one. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to the chat with Ken. One of the biblical principles that I talk about is what I call profit with a purpose. And uh, so, you know, Jesus made a statement um, where he said, what is the profit of man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? And what he really connotates in that statement that I, I really begin to understand, and for many years, I didn't grasp it because I thought it was just about money. It was just about building the bigger business. It was, you know, having the applause of my peers or applause of the community to say, hey, Ken's a good business guy or he's a good business individual. But all of a sudden, what God began to do is to say, no, you know, those things are fine, but that's not really leading to well done. Leading to well done is having a purpose behind the profit that you're trying to generate, that you're really making a difference in the lives of others. And so this became my purpose, that I wanted to help Christian business owners all around the world, specifically, to think about their business as a way, in, in a different way, as they begin to apply biblical business principles to have kingdom impact. And so uh, that wakes me up every day. I'm excited about it. People ask me sometimes, they say, hey, Ken, do you ever get tired of the retreats? I've been doing it now for 15 years, been working with CEOs, you know, helping them grow businesses from solopreneurs all the way to Fortune 500 companies. And I say, no, I love it. Every day is exciting. Every day is fresh. Now I get tired sometimes, right? But, but I'm excited because it's a purpose and I'm contributing to the lives of others and they're contributing to my life. And ever since we've, we've made this pivot, this change, I've never felt alone. I've, I felt uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit beside me, but I also had a team of leaders that were walking with me. And that's made the entire difference around my life and around my world. We're talking about business. Well done with Ken Gosnell. And you can find him at ceoexperience.com. That's two words, ceoexperience.com. Ken, let's get into your vision path here. We're entrepreneurs, we're business owners. Help us learn. You wrote a book on this. You actually, and you actually got help from the Bible in writing this book and putting this together to help other other executives 
create and run and manage a, their own successful business? So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the complete story and I'll be totally honest about because I'm a business guy. Right. And uh, so at first, when I was thinking about my business, business and what, what did I need to learn? What mistakes was I making? I decided to research the most successful businesses for the last 150 years. I went all the way back to the 1800s and studied businesses and, and business books uh, from P.T. Barnum, who was one of the first millionaires to walk on the face of the earth, to Henry Ford, to Nelson Rockefeller, all the way through to the 1940s and 50s, and J.C. Penney, who, who led one of the uh, largest businesses. Uh, 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 department stores are the largest department store in America to current day when looking at like a company like Chick-fil-A or Amazon or Zappos or different companies along those lines. And I wanted to dissect from a business perspective, what were the principles or values that they used to shape their decisions all along the process? Because I felt like if I could get under that aspect of it, then I could um, really begin to build a successful business. And so I spent about five, five years studying, looking at all those businesses and, and looking at case studies and thinking about the businesses and reading every book that I could find about those businesses and so on and so forth. And as I read, as I studied those businesses, it was what it mirrored what had happened in my own personal life was that I found that those businesses, whether they were Christian or not, they practiced biblical business principles. And I started to see these principles just come off the page. It was just, uh, it was, you know, just kind of orchestrating together. So then that put me on about a three-year study where I read the Bible from cover to cover. I read every business, I read the Bible, complete Bible, but I read every business story in the Bible, thought about every spiritual leader in the Bible. And I mapped all those principles between the businesses and then what I was seeing in the, uh, the Bible where it came to these spiritual leaders. And I found about 12 principles that were just imminent in every single business that really had uber uh, success. And I also found those principles in every spiritual leader that God had worked with in, in the Bible. I, can, I began to narrow that down because I primarily looked then at Jesus's ministry. I wanted to see specifically if Jesus had followed these principles, because even if they were a great principle, but Jesus didn't do it, then I didn't think necessarily was a principle that we ought to emulate. And I found that all 12 of these principles that I had found in spiritual leaders and in businesses were found in the book of Matthew. And then that kind of uh, was surprised me a little bit, but then it didn't because Matthew was the business guy. He was a tax collector. He was, he was the accountant back in Jesus's day. And, uh, and so what I did was uh, I looked through Jesus's ministry and I basically broke down the principles 12 principles into four, three different categories of four principles each. And so I talk about the statements that Jesus made. I talk about the stories that Jesus told. And then I talk about the practices that Jesus uh, had or possessed. And so the, the statements that Jesus made are things like where he told uh, his disciples, if somebody asks you to go one mile, go with them too. And I call that, and I wrote them in business vernacular. I, in the book, I do talk about the biblical business underlay. But because I was teaching this in the regular business world, I gave them a business concept. So I, I call that principle, always take the second step. Uh, you know, there's always an easy first step most of the time. But what really good businesses do is they figure out how to go a little bit further, how to take the second step, even after a defeat. I say Amazon today, Jeff Bezos, wouldn't he wouldn't recognize it as a biblical business principle. But I say he's one of the best second step businesses that's out there. He's figuring out how to take his manufacturing and his delivery process primarily and how to go to the next level, keep taking it to that next step, right? He first wanted to deliver it in a few days, and then he wanted to deliver it in one day and came up with Prime. And now he wants to deliver it in seven or eight hours and now down to one hour. And, you know, his goal is within minutes of you ordering a package on Amazon that it's delivered to your door. And that shaped a lot of the decisions that he's made at Amazon. Where does he put distribution centers? How does he use technology? How, how is he using, um, you know, uh, uh, packaging so that it can be delivered quickly and, and how they keep stuff in their house and warehouse versus stuff that they uh, sell as a distributor for somebody else. So here's this one principle. And all of a sudden, but that principle, it wasn't created by Jeff Bezos. It was created by God. Right. And businesses that were successful, they understood how to take that second step. Um, another one of those um, um, I mentioned it earlier about profit with a purpose. Jesus said, what is it? 
gain a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul, right? Um, Jesus also uh, talked about um, the principle of the golden rule. And that's a principle that we uh, have somewhat forgotten today in our in our uh, businesses. But I think it's a it's a principle that should really be emulated by every business. Uh, he said, treat others like you'd want to be treated. And uh, J.C. Penney, many people don't know this, but he started his business in the early 1900s. It was actually called out in Wyoming. He was servicing miners who were looking for gold. He called his business the Golden Rule Store. Because he was taking that biblical business principle that he had learned as a child, he applied it to his business. And instead of inflating prices on picks or whatever it is that the miners were looking for, hats, he said, I want to treat them like I would want to be treated. And led through that one decision. Now, uh, about 20 or 30 years later, he they changed the name from the Golden Rule Store and they began to franchise and and it became the J.C. Penney store. But from that one value and that one principle that he began to practice, he grew the largest department store uh, in the in the country. Right. Uh, Jesus said the last principle on the statements that Jesus made is he said, uh, seek first your, uh, my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And I call that uh, know your order, work your order. There's a first. There's a second. There's a third. Every good business is built on processes. They, they have an order to things. And the best businesses understand their processes. They don't get things out of order. They do that exactly the way that they're supposed to be done. Uh, Henry Ford practiced that principle, if you will, when he developed the assembly line and how to have an order to things. Many of us as business owners, we need to think about that. What is our top priority? What are first things versus second things in our life? And how do we prioritize those first things for our team and for our organization? And when we get that right as a business, a lot of times we're going to be much more successful. So my 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 teaching or what I really communicate or what I outline in the book is if you take one of these principles, you'll probably be a really successful business and you maximize it. If you take all 12 of these principles and you master them through the life of your business, now you're creating a business that's going to have a legacy. I got you. And I'm thinking with that. And the title of your book is called Well Done. Correct. Yes. Okay. And if we go to CEOExperience.com, we can get your book. I'm sure it's other places as well. You can get it there. You can also get it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble, all the local bookstores. You can order it online. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Business, well done with Ken Gosnell. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to the Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Business Well Done with Ken Gosnell. And you can check out my lead entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find and listen to just about every interview I ever recorded at TonyDurso.com slash podcast. And I do mean all seven years of interviews are found on the Master Archives at TonyDurso.com slash podcast. And now, back to the chat with Ken. Now, the website URL is CEO Experience. Your title is Chief Experience Officer. So if, if it's not been cleared up before earlier, why is it a Chief Experience Officer? Why, why did you kind of tweak that that way? Can you, yeah, what's that all about? Well, our desire around partnering, like I mentioned earlier, I believe in uh, um, where the idea of a team, uh, that's one of the practices that Jesus made. It's actually principle number 10 in the book, improve your team to improve your organization. There was a reality that Jesus talked about in, in the gospel accounts where he says, where two or more are gathered, his Holy Spirit is there. And so what we desired, and again, this idea of not leading alone is what I wanted every business owner to understand as they come into a retreat day or they partner with one of our 
chief experience officers is that we really want them to have a great experience. We want them to have a great retreat day, but we believe that they'll have a great retreat day when they experience the presence of God in their life, when they feel that God has partnered with them. And that's really, we want to hear God's voice. That's really the desire that we have around every retreat day. It's not, it's not great by what I say. It's not even great what they say. It's really great when the Holy Spirit or God comes inside of us and says, hey, why don't you take, make this decision? Why don't you move forward? And I've just seen it over and over again that um, that's happened in businesses. I'll tell you a story. Just uh, I was talking to, I met Trick Kathy a couple of times and uh, before he passed. And of course, he uh, started Chick-fil-A, a great Christian organization. And and uh, and so he was a wonderful man, written, wrote several good, great books and but I talked to him about closing on Sunday because that you know seemed like a not a great decision if you looked at it purely from a business perspective. I mean, Sunday in the restaurant business is the day that most people go out to eat, and so you know it's a real uh, it's a real take a, a, a risk to close on Sunday. And so I was asking him about that, and I said, "Hey, Truett, was it a hard decision for you to close on Sunday?" He said, "No, it wasn't a hard decision." He said, um, "I really had decided that I wasn't going to work on Sunday." And there's another principle I talk about calling your know your yeses and no's, right? Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's a decisiveness kind of thing. And uh, he said, no, I decided family day was the most important day. I love going to church. I want to spend time with my family. I was, and this was when he had one restaurant. He said, I wasn't going to put my one restaurant above my faith in God. And I knew that if, if God wanted me to do that, then that was fine. The hard decision was, do I close the entire restaurant and like everybody you know, let everybody off that day. And he said, so I went to my preacher, I went to, went to my church and he said, I was seeking that counsel of what to do. And, and he said, the preacher said to him, he said, uh, well, Truett, um, if you want to be at church, don't you think maybe some of your team want to be at church too? I mean, maybe they want that day to go <laughs> and improve their spiritual life. And, and Truett, at that point, he knew the golden rule. He said, treat other people like you want to be treated, which of course, They've mastered that at Chick-fil-A today with the it's my pleasure in so many different ways that they've implemented good customer service in their organization. And so he said, I decided right at that moment, he said, if it was good for me, it was good for my employees. And I wanted them to treat that way. He said, we've never looked back. And now Chick-fil-A is the third largest uh, fast food chain restaurant in the uh, country. It's quickly becoming number two. And they do as much profit, if you will, profit with a purpose. They do as much profit in six days that it takes those other restaurants to do in seven and, and, and more than many that do it in seven days. And so, uh, you know, just thinking about those principles and how to shape, but our desire is really around hearing God's voice. It's that when you come together and you listen to somebody else, a lot of times God will speak through that. And so that's what we think is the greatest experience of all. Ken, in today's generation, if you look at all the different countries in the world, and I've done a lot of looking at cultures everywhere, it just seems to be a sinking ship. We're running faster than ever to make less than ever. It's, it's absolutely appalling. What can we keep in mind to grow our own business? We're, all, we're entrepreneurs and businessmen here. We want to take our business to the next level or it could be a startup or what have you. We want to grow. What can we keep in mind that, that can help us push through and persevere through all of this? Yeah, it's been very difficult, right, in business uh, dealing with things like the pandemic and the changes and shifts that are taking place in the markets. I mean, seismic shifts. I was talking about the supply chain recently and, you know, what made, you know, I've been through some supply chain issues and problems in the past, but usually you could kind of predict an area of the supply chain. What was happening recently was, you know, we, you couldn't see it coming. There were just things that all of a sudden would be there one day and then the next day they weren't right. Um, Culture is different today. People are, are different. And it's, it's, it's difficult to lead a business in today's, today's world. But I do remind leaders that they're called for such a time as this, you know, that this is part of the ownership of God, that God understands how the world was created. He made it, he sustained it. And I asked them one of the principles that I talk about, one of the stories that Jesus tells the parable of the talents. And I say, we need to make the move from owner to overseer. And what that basically means is sometimes when we're in business as an entrepreneur, we think we control it. And for many years, I tried to control it. I tried to do what I thought was really good for the business. And I thought I had some pretty good ideas, but that business beat me every time. 
I was always worried. I was anxious. I could never do enough. I could never have enough. I could never, you know, I could just never, it was just never enough. And God realized, or God helped me to realize one day that I wasn't an owner of the business. He owned everything. David said, who's one of the greatest leaders of all time, said, the earth and everything in it belongs to God, all the people that are included. And so when I made that shift from owner to overseer, what that meant was that he didn't ask me to fix everything. He just asked me to steward the resources and the people and the decisions that he had given to me. And when I made that decision, man, a big weight was lifted off of me because now I could go and just do my best with what I was facing. And so that's the first decision that I think every business owner needs to make. They need to say, hey, I'm not in control of this, that this is something that if they're a Christian, that God's in control of it, that they're going to work their dead level best to be a good steward of it and any day be ready to give it up. Um, I think that's that's one of the main things that I would encourage them to to think about. I do think that we have an opportunity like never before in our, our world. I think God is calling Christian CEOs and business owners to become leaders at this moment that he's asking us to stand out, just like Truett Cathy did, or there's other great leaders that I can mention that have made a, made a difference in the marketplace because of their faith. And too many of us as Christian CEOs, we kind of hide our faith and we say, hey, I don't want to give that credit or I don't want to acknowledge that. But, you know, Jesus said, if we acknowledge him before men, he, he'll acknowledge us before our father that's in heaven. And realistically, the only thing that's going to save our world, the only thing that's going to save our people, the only thing that's going to save business is if we get back to some Christian principles and Christian values that the best businesses of the world have been built on. Ken, let's talk a little bit more about validation and well done and how to use that to really improve our business and take things to the next level. Well, I think well done are the two words that every business owner wants to hear. And I think every employee wants to hear and every uh, two words that every business owner should say every day in the life of their business. And so, you know, when you begin to think about a well done model, a framework of decision making, um, really, it comes down to I think there are nine key areas of business that every business has to has to wrestle with and deal with. And I call these the areas of stewardship for a business. There are things like strategy and vision, accounting and finance, sales and marketing, human resources, customer experience, operational excellence. Um, you know, most of us know those kinds of things, but there's also things like personal leadership. How do we grow ourselves and, and grow those that are, that are around us? and kingdom impact. And then I talk about team development and team culture. And so what I would uh, encourage business owners, you know, you can't um, maximize all nine of your overall nine of those areas as a business owner or CEO, even if you're a solopreneur. But what I would challenge is to know your order, work your order. I would say, hey, let's pick the one area right now this year that you need that God is calling you to be a good steward of. And let's begin to, to maximize that area of that business. And a lot of times it's starting with strategy and vision. It's helping them to understand their purpose in the business. It's understanding the core values. It's who they are. How do they want to show up in the business? How can they become a market leader? How are they different than their competitor? And all of a sudden, when they get clarity on that, man, that begins to give them power, gives them motivation, not, not physically, but motivation. It gives them encouragement. It gives them inspiration. I say when the leader is clear, everything and everybody in the organization becomes clear. Most of the problem in businesses today is we just have a lot of unclear leaders. We, you know, we, we don't have certainty. We try, we're trying to be everything to everybody or we're trying to solve every problem. We're trying to uh, run from this fire to that fire and put it out. And I say, no, let's take a step back and let's get clarity. You don't have to do everything, but you do have to do things with clarity. Jesus came and he was very clear, right? He knew exactly what he was going to do. And I also talk about he knows that he knew his order. So he had clarity where he was going. He had a good three-year vision, but he also knew his order. And people think this is really uh, uh, surprising when I tell them, but, you know, Jesus only really did three things throughout his three years of ministry. He was very focused. He was very clear. His number one priority was to train and equip the disciples. Every time that he was in throughout the gospel account, he's with his disciples. He's teaching them. He's training them. He's showing them. He's letting them see how he interacts. And uh, Matthew 10, he empowers them. He sends them out. He delegates to them and gives them power and authority to go, go and do things that they had never done before. And so, sure, they failed, but they were, he was there to equip and train them. And then the second thing he did was he, uh, he interacted with the crowds to do miracles and to, to reinforce the message of what the disciples were going to teach. And so, you know, he does some miracles and he does some teaching. 
But it's not as much of time as he's spending with the disciples. It's really just an affirmation or an encouragement of what of what the disciples are going to say. And then the third thing was, and this is kind of fun, he really just came to make the Pharisees mad because he needed the Pharisees to crucify him and put him up on the cross. And so uh, uh, that's why he engages with the Pharisees and talks with them and tries to show them the light. Now, he was trying to show them the way. They took it and got angry and frustrated with him. But he had three purposes. He knew his order. One, two, three. He didn't ever get missed. He never messed, mixed them up. He knew exactly where he was supposed to be. He was a leader that never let out a breath because he was very focused and he was very clear about what he was trying to accomplish. And when we get that clarity in our business, when we understand here's our order, this is what we're about, then all of a sudden you'll start hearing those well dones because your employees will come to you and they'll say, hey, uh, we, I really love working here. This, what, we, what we're doing is pretty amazing. And I appreciate you as a boss that, that you care about me and that you care about this purpose. You get those well dones from your customers because they'll say, wow, I know something different about this company. I, I can feel it. I can sense it in the, the way that you go about your work. You're not just checking off a box or you're not just fulfilling an order. You're doing something a little bit different. You'll get it from your competitors because they'll say, hey, what are they doing? They, they'll start noticing, even if you're a small company, your competitors will start noticing. They'll say, hey, I want to be like that company. And I say, you know, when we start doing that, all of a sudden, then also um, I say kingdom impact comes and, you know, God will look down and he'll say, well done, because he'll say, you're not just building a bunch of widgets or producing profits. You're actually making the difference for my kingdom and you're elevating my principles. You're making a difference. You're making an impact. I'll share one other story about this. You know, it can be just simple things, right? It doesn't have to be something huge and different, but it's all about clarity. And uh, I had a business, I, I work with a company, I still work with them in the Washington, D.C. area. And um, it was a small company. They, uh, they did a lot of, uh, they were um, a distributor of um, paints and wood finishes and, and a lot of sundries for woodworkers and, and uh, companies that did uh, a lot of uh, different types of uh, cabinets and so on and so forth. And uh, the business owner and I were talking one day and and he got clear about his purpose. And he said, you know, I want to I want to make a difference through this business. We're a small business, but I want to make a difference with my employees and I want to make a difference for, for God's kingdom. And I said, well, let's start praying about that. Let's get clear about what does that look like? And he was great. He'd been in business for a long time. His customers were pretty satisfied with him. He was a good business. Right? You know, he was good. He was there and he, he, you know, he was stable, but he wasn't a great business yet. And I challenged him. I said, hey, I think there's something more and you have a greater capacity to do something that is really different. And so he said, what is it? I said, let's let's discover that together. So we started praying about it here again, this experience moment. Right. I said, let's pray about this together, maybe over 30 days or so and see what happens. And he calls me up and he said, Ken, I got it. I got it. And he said, I said, what? And he said, Bibles. And that, you know, he's a, he's a wood, you know, he's a distributor, right? He, he's sending out trucks over the Bellwell with, with uh, chemicals in them and, and all these kinds of things. And he calls up and he says, Bibles. And I said, Bibles, what are you talking about? He said, Ken, he said, I want to make a difference by giving out Bibles to my, to my organization. I have this, he had this beautiful showroom. It was beautiful. You know, he had contractors come in and families and different people come in because they were picking the color for their cabinets and wood and all this kind of stuff. And he said, I want to make a difference. I want to do something for God's kingdom. And I want to give away Bibles. Now he didn't believe, and I didn't believe even at that point, you know, uh, you know, how many Bibles or whatever the case was, it was like, you know, who's going to take them? How many people are going to see them? I mean, I have the answers to all those questions. Right. But I said, well, Hey, you need to go get some Bibles. And so sure enough, he, uh, he goes at lunchtime that day and he, he picks up five uh, application Bibles, these big, thick Bibles you know, that are about $60 a piece. And because he's thinking, you know, if I give away six Bibles, that's a pretty good deal. And I've just impacted six people's lives. And man, that was the best day in his business, he said, in 35 years of business. And so sure enough, he goes to the bookstore, he buys these Bibles, brings them back, brings them in the showroom, puts it, gets a piece of paper and just gets a permanent marker, writes on the top of the thing. It says free Bibles. And, uh, and so he goes into his office and a few, few hours later comes back out and all five Bibles are gone. And so he asked one of his guys, he said, uh, he said, hey, where'd those Bibles go? And the guy said, I don't know. I've been dealing with customers. And he said, I guess the employees picked it up or maybe a customer picked them up. He said, they were free, weren't they? And, and, and this guy said, yeah, they were free. This is the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Business. Well done with Ken Gosnell. But first, 
it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to the Tony D'Urso Show. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Business Well Done with Ken Gosnell. If you like this show so far, please remember our sponsor who made it possible, Factor Meals, who provides the best healthy lunches and dinners for you. So delicious. And did I tell you I love those smoothies? Find them at factormeals.com slash Tony50. You'll do that, won't you? Thanks so much. And now back to the chat with Ken. So he calls me up. He says, Ken, you'll never guess what happened. I said, what? He said, we, we, we gave away the Bibles. I said, you know what that means, don't you? And he said, yeah, I need more Bibles. And so, so today, catch this, study. This is pretty amazing, right? So, so clear in his purpose that his purpose is to honor God through his business. Today, he gives away three sets of Bibles in his children. He has English Bibles. He has Spanish Bibles because he has a number of people that they don't speak English, but they speak Spanish, and so he wanted to serve them. And then he gives away children's Bibles because he knew that there's lots of people that may have kids that come into the showroom, and he wants kids to have Bibles. Today, his business gives away over 3,000 Bibles in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, I just think that's amazing, right? Now, he's motivated by that purpose. It's something that's different, but he's clear. He understands, and he measures that, and he knows that 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 impact that he's had I mean, and he's not bragging about it. I brag about it, but he doesn't brag about it. He just, he wants to be faithful. He wants to be clear in what he's doing. And so, uh, you know, that clarity gives motivation, that clarity gives passion, that clarity gives um, encouragement to make it through those difficult days in your life because you know you're doing something that's worth doing. That just shows when you work on a higher level purpose that the business almost seems to take care of itself in roles, just as we mentioned uh, much earlier at the beginning of this interview. And once again, we talked about business. Well done with Ken Gosnell. And again, he's at ceoexperience.com. Ken, motivational, inspirational, lots to think and ponder about on this. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing with us today and telling us these stories. Really, really great to have you on today. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate it. And here's an insider's brief about growing future-focused businesses, unlocking people, teams, and culture to unlock transformative results. With us is Ashley Haynes-Gaspar. She's the Executive Vice President and Customer Experience Officer, Wholesale and International at Lumen. Hi, Ashley, and welcome to the show today. Thanks, Tony. It's a joy to be with you. Well, thank you. I hope, I hope you say that when we're done. <laughs> I'm sure I will. I'm just being Italian, silly, just trying to warm things up here. This is a business show. We have a lot of entrepreneurs and corporate level executives and so forth listening. We're all about business and growing. And I'm just going to just jump right in here with both feet. What's the first thing that leaders should do to grow a future focused business? Thanks, Tony. I think it comes down to two things. It's strategy and people. Um, I would start with the first. You know, when it comes to strategy, we have a tendency as business leaders to get pulled in a million different directions. Um, technology headlines, inflation headlines, recessionary headlines, um, process automation, people trends, you know, the great, the great uh, resignation, how we optimize performance, all the things. And as business leaders, it can be super alluring to focus on the here and the now. And that's super important. Because we've all got to figure out how to live another day, you know, make the month to make the quarter to make the year. And it's also incredibly important that we have the discipline to encourage our teams to hold space to dream. And I love to think about time to dream. We're super intentional about it. What is that three-year time horizon? Who do we need to be today? 
so that we are fit for the future tomorrow. And having those intentional practices is really important, particularly when there is daily pressure to deliver. I would say the second piece of that is about people. Organizations can have a certain level of momentum and inertia, and it can take courage to say who we are today is not who we need to be tomorrow. And people are not always rewarded for the ideas, for the innovation, for the things that didn't pan out, the risks that were taken, and that creates scar tissue in organizations. And in order to create uh, fit for future businesses, not only do we need the strategy, but we need to focus on culture and we need to create cultures that help unlock people. Because when you unlock people, you unlock innovation, and that's when you unlock results. Ashley, you brought up some interesting things. Courage, unlocking the culture, and I'm thinking in my head, well, what would I do in my business? What are some of the key steps to unlocking that employee potential? Yeah, I think for me, it's, I used to always early in my career focus on unlocking people. And then I realized to really unlock people, I got to unlock myself. There are a lot of formative experiences that we all have that inform how we think, um, how how we approach change, how we approach conflict, how we approach hard things. And what I've learned is who I am is how I lead. And I've got to get to the core of who I am and why I am that way. And you've got to figure out how to make, make peace with your past. So I'll give you an example. So for me, um, recovering perfectionist, I used to believe that if I, you know, worked perfect, led perfect, mother perfect, wife perfect, I would be um, completely impervious to criticism. So I was always striving for that perfectionism goal. Nobody wants to work for a perfectionist boss. I'm very clear on that. Um, so in my 30s, I did a lot of work to figure out how to get to the get the bottom of that so that I could celebrate progress over perfection in myself and also in my teams. So I think once as leaders, we figure out who we need to be to lead our teams and our organizations well, that creates psychological freedom inside our organizations for people to show up and be the most authentic expressions of themselves. I'm trying to think with that and get that in my brain here. I've run many, many teams in the corporate world. All at all levels, C-suite and so forth. And you really want to get the employee to really kind of reach out there and 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 be like a part of the company and 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 not bring, oh, it was this way at this other place and this way at this other place, and and these people are different, or whatever else goes on in terms of the culture, which is which is something I've never I've never really fully learned in like 30 odd years in the corporate world. So I've, I probably know a little bit about it in mm-hmm. terms of letting people be themselves and really kind of make it safe for them. And one of the things that people bring a lot, as, as you know, is they have stress. They have these, as you mentioned, these other stress, uh, life stress and other types of stress going on. And how, how does a leader kind of preemptively understand that and deal with that and make the place safe for the employees? I love that question because I think at all of our times in our lives, we may be, we, we will feel stressed and we may approach burnout walls. I know I certainly have approached a burnout wall in my career. Um, and I, I like to think about it in terms of vitamins and painkillers. I think the first thing around vitamins and preventative maintenance is in business, we have a tendency to be maniacally focused on results. What are you doing? What are the KPIs that we're going to measure to deliver that? I love to think about the human operating system. Um, so I talk to my teams about what their personal goals are. If their goal is to climb, you know, five peaks over the summer, I want to understand how that training is going just as much as I want to understand monthly revenue and holding space to ensure people are doing what helps them feel whole is super important because what you're doing is you're leading the whole human, not just the business human. Um, And then the second thing, which is really more of a painkiller, listen, things get stressful, they get hard. And I think normalizing conversations and holding space when they do to figure out what you do about it is super important. So as leaders, it's as simple as saying, hey, this feels hard right now. It doesn't feel sustainable. What do you need from me? And what is my role in supporting you can be really powerful and normalizing and having honest conversations around stress. And a lot of times the things that people are feeling stressed about get to some of those cultural things, Tony, that help you hack and solve in real time, which help your employees feel like they're heard, they're seen, and they're valued. 
Those are really good analogies. I really like that. The human operating system, and I love the, the juxtaposition here between vitamins and painkillers, and et cetera, et cetera. And as I'm kind of going over the information of, of what Lumen is doing, doing, I see that you're creating this employee customer obsession. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, we are. So I want to create a company that delivers breathtaking customer experiences. I think uh, all a brand is, is a promise that marketing makes that the rest of the company delivers on. And I think part of delivering uh, breathtaking customer experiences is ensuring that every single human that walks into the company knows that they are there for the customer. That's more intuitive for some functions like sales or customer service or field service, less intuitive for finance teams and legal teams. And yet we wake up every day in pursuit of serving customers. So ensuring that everybody can tie to that North Star, regardless of what function they're in, is incredibly important. And then figuring out how to use data and AI and machine learning to automate the easy in people's jobs so they can really focus on the tough and the needy, I think is is where the joy is. And you know, there's a lot of conversation around AI and is it going to take you know, people's jobs and what does that look like? And I believe that what data and AI help you get at is personalization. But it's employees that make it personal. And when I think about the brands that I am deeply loyal to, it's because there was a person on the other end of that experience that made it special for me. And that's what we're working on, how we use data and AI to get at personalization and then our employees for last mile execution to make it personal. It's a great topic. It's it's a great point that you bring up. And I'm thinking with this, I'm going, okay, so... How are you going to excite your customers on this transformation that Lumen is going through on this? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. I think the first is, you know, you've got to show up and practice empathy. Um, You've got to help customers know that you understand their business problems. That starts with listening, uh, continues with learning, and then it's about execution. Um, I think the second thing is you involve them. Customer advisory boards can be a really powerful way to share your transformation plans, your three-year horizon with your customers and get their feedback on whether or not where you're headed is going to solve their most, their most pressing needs. I think about it like IKEA furniture. If they help build it, they're likely to hold on to it with you, right? Um, and then you've got to execute one-to-one safety ratio. You've got to commit and deliver every day. And when you don't make, when you don't get it right, you've got to have a way to make it right. Totally agree on that. And there's so much more we could talk about. This is this is so interesting to us business owners, entrepreneurs, and so on and so forth. So let's kind of segue here, perhaps, Ashley. Where can we go and learn and find out more about this and like really get into it? Yeah, there's two places. If you're interested in learning more about Lumen, you can always visit us uh, at lumen.com. If you're more interested in conversations and engaging with me, about how to unlock people and culture and teams and results. You can find me on LinkedIn. I share a lot there. uh, And I love to engage in conversations around other people's best practices because we're better together. Thank you so much. This is Ashley Haynes Gaspar, if I've said that right, the EVP at Lumen. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Very insightful. It was very fast and brief, but I think we hit all the key points. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tony. It's been great. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. We discussed business well done with Ken Gosnell. We talked about so many things. He gave us so many stories and pointers. And perhaps what is profound is that he wrote a book and actually got help from the Bible. We talked about what is CEO experience. He defined that and explained it. We talked about the sinking level of degradation in society, which is appalling. And what can we do about it to help us grow our business? What can we keep in mind? And how can we take our business to the next level? We spoke about validation, well done, and quite a few other points and stories. So let me ask you, what did we discuss that resonated with you? Please let me know and share this with a few friends to help them too. It's friends helping friends that are going to get us through anything and everything and help us succeed better. Don't you think? I think so. Use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. Remember, just take action. 
Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds. And join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Arso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Arso Show with Tony D'Arso. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go enjoy the weekend.